Hey, what's going on, sinners and choosers? Welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thanks once again for tuning in uh, to hear comedians and sometimes other people talk about the religious stuff of our of our past and what do we believe, if anything, often nothing. What are we trying to do to uh, better whatever our sense of spirituality is, whatever that sense is. And uh, I really love today's guest, Max Lasser. Uh, this was a great conversation. We, we came in expecting to talk a lot about psychedelics because that's uh, been a subject of recent interest. And we talked some about it, but we ended up talking about so much more. I really loved this episode. Max is a really hilarious comedian and just a, a truly positive energy every time I've seen him around L.A. When this podcast comes out, his podcast won't be out yet. Uh, but it will be out in like a month if you're listening to this in the future. It'll probably be called The Calories, uh, and it's about weight loss. And I've, I've seen his transformation in person. It's impressive. Uh, and it's something I'll be listening to so I can continue bettering my own health. I've been, uh, I've been doing better on that. I've uh, been eating more fruits and veggies than I have even knew was possible. That definitely helps my brain. I recommend everybody try it out. My, my simple advice based on... Lots of trial and error over my own life, and you know I'm not I'm definitely not a perfect picture of health by any means, but uh, just just try eating more veggies than you think you want or even need, and just pay attention to how your brain feels. It's pretty crazy. That'll make you feel like you have a spiritual practice. Um, so anyway, check out Max's podcast. And um, real quick, I just want to thank you guys. It's it's not been the easiest of times for me recently. Uh, but some of you guys have really, really been very loving and helpful in reaching out to me. I, I posted a, a pretty personal blog post a couple weeks ago uh, on kind of my own bullshit that I and, and deal I'm working through with my own codependency and sex and love addiction and all that. And uh, the response was, I was really overwhelmed by it. Um, I've never had anything go semi-viral. It, it didn't really go viral on like a global sense, but it went viral for me. Like it, it's people seem to respond well to it and I'm so thankful that um it, it reached some people and I'm so appreciative of all those in my life who who give a shit hiding in the corner sometimes you, you forget how many people actually do uh, want you to be happy and healthy and maybe that's something uh, you should keep in mind if you're going through a hard time there might be more people people lurking in the shadows who are actually pretty awesome positive cool people and uh, they just want you to be happy and I've definitely felt that so thank you guys so much for, for all that response. Uh, if you want to find any more of my writing, it's on chooseyourownreligion.com. I have a blog there. Uh, mostly this year I've been doing a different religious or spiritual place once a week and then writing about that in my own life within the context of that. Uh, so you can check that out on the website. You can also check out old episodes on the website. That's chooseyourownreligion.com. And so uh, please check that out. If you like this show, a lot maybe leave a review on iTunes if you got the if you got the app open if you if you got your little desktop app open of iTunes just just search choose your own religion and find it and uh, pop in a rating if you feel so inclined but that's it for this week's preamble i love you guys so much thank you once again this was a great episode please give it up for max lasser allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers? Know that you are blessed. I love you, oh, but Jesus.
Jesus loves you the best And I hope that you choose your own religion Yes, to be honest, I hadn't I hadn't. I knew of your show, but I hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet. Mm-hmm. But then, since you asked me to be on, I listened. I listened to like twenty episodes. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm really. really I'm really a legitimate fan. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, I'm going through a real phase where I'm enjoying listening to like um, the the like stalker podcasts, where it's just like, tell me all about your deep feelings on. Oh sure, yeah. You oh, know? I definitely overshare. Uh, <laughs> on this thing <laughs> right yeah um well cool well i'm i'm really uh thanks for coming over um always been a uh i feel like i you were one of the first people i saw in the indie improv world and as somebody who does stand up primarily i remember seeing like egg teach like really early on yeah uh that's crazy i don't think of myself as someone who's been around for like a crazy amount of time so that's but i guess it just lined up yeah yeah i think it's like some backyard you know some really cool oh, backyard yeah. party yeah there show. used to be those those are kind of like rare now that's so that's sad. a real yeah that's a huge bummer those were great <laughs> the the backyard house party like almost it was almost like a rock show kind of vibe yeah 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 i miss those a lot i mean they still have i, I still know a good amount of like stand-up ones that do that but that was like there were so many people at the improv ones I yeah because you could right because you could really kind of just like get everybody out for yeah. a few of those yeah, yeah those were great. great yeah i should check out some of the i haven't been to too many like indie stand-up shows i should make more of a circuit yeah and you uh you also you you weren't i didn't think you were overweight back then you've lost a lot of weight oh yeah thank the, you so much yeah, yeah. Uh, uh how was your what's your secret um well i counted calories uh was my what yeah you could just do that yeah um i it was a really really weird um i mean i i you know i was trying to lose weight for like a really long time and then uh calorie counting was kind of the thing that the thing that worked for me not even like you, are you differentiating between carbs or fat or protein no or i that? didn't know it's just wow. all sort of calories in calories just out math yeah <laughs> that's uh, math. and it's crazy that's kind of like what like makes you gain and lose weight it's crazy that like, people like you, you look into it like if you lose weight another way you're kind of just calorie counting by accident yeah so sure, it's yeah, you know yeah. it's nuts but it, it, it's so like that's just one of those things where there's so many things that I don't want it to be that simple. I, you know, it's easier when it's a mystery. When it's, right. it's easier to like blame it on something. Like, well, oh, but it's no. the thing of it is, it's like like I think the 2007 UCLA study was that like diets have like a like a 99 percent failure rate or something, 95 percent. Like the numbers kind of differ depending on who you ask. Uh-huh. But it's just it's just a very, you know, it's very hard. So like you know, I like like it not to be like oh like I did it, but it's just yeah, it is like you know the idea that it's like simple and easy. It's like most most people. It, you know, I failed at it for 12 years. So it's like a very, yeah, yeah. very difficult thing. I mean, I, and I went through, I was, uh, I gained a lot of weight from like eighth grade up until like halfway through college. And then somewhere around there, I started losing weight. Like, especially right after college, I lost like a good 50 pounds or so. That's awesome. Myself. But, and it, but for me, it was weird. I actually, I had the opposite effect where I didn't really start losing weight until I uh, started smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah. That's absolutely, because people talk about the munchies and stuff, which is a real thing. Yeah. It's re- that's real. Yeah. It's very real. Like, especially when you're early on, but if you become one of these like couple times a week or like every day kind of smokers you like you don't get hungry when you're not yeah high. yeah and for me I, I think that what made the difference for me w- with that was like a i started uh marijuana when i was first using it was like able to let me view myself outside of myself a little bit more yes. and be like oh man i can zoom out and be like oh okay i need to I need to make some changes here marijuana is kind yeah. of undercredited for that like yeah. at, at, that, that like psychedelic 
per- perspective shifting effects everyone talks about for right, like right. psychedelic drugs. But marijuana, I mean, like, like I think that you would have a, like people who have never gotten high before probably would have a slightly similar effect just having any kind of perception change. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's the unfortunately that is what now makes it like it turns into paranoia after a certain point. And for me, it's, yeah. it's sort of hit that I've had the. I think I'm I'm saying I'm saying goodbye to weed now for I don't know indefinitely. Yeah, I haven't. This is too much for me now. I tell I I haven't smoked in a couple months myself, and I get like I, I've heard people just like they get to this phase where it's like every time they smoke they they're just terrified. It's just not fun. Yeah, it just loses the the draw. But uh, it was, I mean, then that's what, again, just to, I guess to easily pivot into psychedelic since that's why we're here. It is, I mean, it, it is low grade psychedelic, I feel like, a marijuana. Yeah, I think so. Marijuana. And then yeah. I think, yeah, right. I think it counts. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not in any way an expert, but I think it counts. Sure. Especially uh, edibles, uh, you know, I've, I haven't done yeah. that many edibles, but edibles are, you know, a whole nother. Yeah, level. you get, you get visuals and all that stuff. So I think that that counts as a, as a perception, you yeah. know, anytime, I think anytime you experience like um a mode of thinking that's not your own yeah there's this profound feeling of like oh maybe i've been wrong this whole time oh yeah man you know what <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think yeah. that's like it's so terrifying i think that's why like drugs and yeah, i think different drugs you know have a different level of this effect but like i think that is the key is that the first time you have like a really intense drug experience and you're your perception and your brain is just different than what it's been your whole life and all this sort of like accumulated you know baggage of the way you see things and the way you ha- perceive your own emotions the way you perceive other people it's like oh well maybe like a lot of that is wrong yeah and i think it makes you more willing to like take a look at those things yeah question the nature of your reality yeah yeah and it's so like man it's so funny because um like i've listened to your show and i know that that you talk about this and it's it's hard to to be like oh yeah like i took you know, I, I tried shrooms or I, I dropped acid and it was so such a transformative experience. And it's hard to say that and not sound like such a hippie. Right. But then right. what's funny is like the numbers are there. Like the Johns Hopkins longitudinal cyclobin study is like 67% of people rated as one of the most spiritually significant moments of their life. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, and it also has like something like 70% or whatever has like treatment of chronic depression and like everything else. So it's like, you know, you sound like a hippie except that the numbers back you up, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, and uh, I, I love that study. And there's one I've I've probably talked about a couple times on the podcast that uh, was uh, back in Harvard, I think it was called like the Harvard... Oh, was it like Easter? I don't know. It's like the Easter study or something like that. It was, but it was specifically, they took a bunch of students and they had, they gave, you know, 10 of them like a placebo and then 10 of them psychedelics. Uh, and then they had them describe their experiences. And then they sent those out to theologians and like other religious scholars. And they didn't, you know, they did a double blind. So they didn't know like who, who was like, whether there's a drug experience or users that were writing the reports or not. But basically they had these, uh, these religious scholars to say like, is this report of this experience, is this a religious experience by like the classical, like these criteria that we laid out from like the Bible. And it was like nine out of 10 or something. So it's like, it's, we, we were, we have no problem with it or it's, it's like a legitimate religious experience, but our problem comes in when we start being like, oh, but it's just the drugs that made you do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, it's so like saying it's, oh, it's just the drugs that made you do that. If, If it gets you to a point of like, you know, deeply appreciating your friendships, which is sort of the classic, the classic, my sister, you know, like I, I like in, in Amsterdam, 
like if you if you do if you go like buy shrooms mm-hmm. on the box it says like warning may make you like like something like take your relationships more seriously <laughs> or something where like may make you feel closer to the people in your life i love that and it's like that's crazy that's crazy it's like on the box like that's you know like that's did you do that were you in amsterdam no i i wasn't no but i i heard a report that, that's great yeah Wait, when did you start? Uh, were you weed before psychedelics? Or yeah, I didn't do. I didn't smoke weed until college. Yeah, same. Um, I I have a really close relationship with my parents, and they uh, they didn't want me to smoke weed in high school. Sure. And yeah. they were so reasonable about everything that I was like, well, like, like I'll just wait. <laughs> you know, like I didn't <laughs> yeah, want to. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, I got to college and I was like, well, I, I, I guess I had sort of a, a, a deeper sense that like now I was like independent and I should sort of m- had more of a capacity to make my own decisions. And so I, mm-hmm. yeah, I tried it in college Yeah, and uh, it was great. That was great. Yeah. And then uh, did you take psychedelics shortly after that? or um, I, I tried shrooms, I think, senior year of college. Uh-huh. And then I... How I, did that go? Uh, it was great. It was like... My my friend, this was I think when I when I tried it, I I guess this would have been what 2013. Mm-hmm. Like it hadn't been pitched to me quite as this like I feel like I hadn't caught up to the psychedelics are such a magical thing and you should try them zeitgeist mm-hmm. yet. Right. right uh, even right. though it's been around for forever, but I just that had never gotten to me. Mm-hmm. And so my friend was like, "Yeah, this is like a good way to spend five hours." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and it was great. It was very just it was a super bond between me and the two friends that I did it with. So you you approached it more from like. Almost an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you weren't like you know you weren't trying to get your set and setting right. You weren't setting up like you know candles in a circle. No, or... yeah, no. He he had a, he was very non uh, not non ceremonial about it. <laughs> um, but then, and I think I didn't I I I didn't have any like major like my feeling from doing it that the first time I didn't have that feeling of like oh I've really gotten something out of the experience. Like later in life, like I personally feel like when I've when I've like taken acid or whatever that there were have been like it has been like profoundly affecting to the way that I like approach like my life and art and all this stuff and even in just a way of like I've had mo- I, like different mantras and stuff yeah um that like you you I, I I trip and I like have this I'm a very like theory based person mm-hmm. so like I can like watch something and 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 it like it will like I can watch one episode of a show and it'll just change my entire life for like the next three months you know like i I, i'm very like uh, run my whole life on on very like laid out theories so if i like trip and have some thought then you know that i'll I'll, like bring that back with me into my into my life but the first time i did it it was just much more of an entertainment kind of thing sure yeah um are you more of an outdoors guy when you trip or indoors because i i mean i've usually been tried to go outdoors but then uh my most recent one i i had i take <laughs> i took so five years ago i took like way way too many mushrooms and uh <laughs> it was a whole it was a whole fucking ordeal i have a, have a story i tell about it on stage but um i kind of got scared from taking them for a long time just because I, I i took like six grams which oh is, yeah that's a crazy amount too many. that's insane it's far too much yeah uh, yeah because you just lose that's a, that's you sort of ego death it's it's i guess it's ego death i don't know it sounds pretentious to like say i had ego death it's uh-huh. it's weird i actually had a friend who uh recently he took a lot of uh, acid and it had uh it was the ops you know it's a it's this weird thing where it's like you have such an ego 
death, but then on the other hand, there's like a shadow side to it where you almost become more egotistical in some sense. Like you're, like, oh yeah, like he's like, oh he he, he was like, like he had to, uh, I had to call him uh, or call his girl. His girlfriend called me and was like, I he's like freaking out and like, can you just help talk to him? I did, and he, and he was like going through like this whole like feeling like he was the next Timothy Leary type, <laughs> yeah. type thing. And then, you know, since then, he's like, he feels really guilty about it. He's like, man, I, I just like, you know, I took too much. I wasn't, I didn't respect it enough. And no, all man, I, I feel for that guy. Like, you just, you just feel so beautiful and competent, you know, like, yeah, yeah just like put me in charge of a company, you know, like I would, <laughs> I would make the stocks go way up, you know, like I got, I got eight more hours. Tell me, let me know, tell you what I can do for Pepsi. You know, How like, does everybody not see this? Yeah. Like the, the truth of everything right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, I could solve everyone's problems. Yeah. I mean, what do you, so what do you say to that when people are like, because I, I feel like that's, those are the types of things that everybody who is afraid to ever take psychedelics, mm-hmm. they're afraid of that kind of, that's the stereotypical thing they picture in their head. Like, oh, you just, you go crazy, you lose control. Everybody I've ever talked to that doesn't want to do them, it's like they hate the idea of losing total control like right. that. Well, they're like a little right. Right, because if you took <laughs> yeah. if you took twenty hits of acid, you that would happen. Yeah, you know, like the, the 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 like undercurrent of all the like the conversation about it is it's just very different at different amounts. Right, you know, it's like it's you're talking about like micrograms, mm-hmm. right? So like in like one tab, it's what usually like fifty, I think micro. I think that's Sounds right. right. Yeah. And so like yeah, if you take like two thousand micrograms, you you will have like like do not do that. You know, like it's like you 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 would. Yeah, yeah, you have a very profound kind of like experience where you just, you know, so I, you wouldn't drink like a, you know, twenty four beers. Exa- exactly, exactly, right, reason. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that most people, um, you've heard the phrase like microdose, mm-hmm. right? And so like if you get just above the microdose threshold to where you're like actually like visually tripping and you're sort of at that sort of I guess whatever you could think of as the first level, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I don't think it's in any way overwhelming. Yeah, I think it's only kind of calm and blissful yeah and obviously you don't want to do it while you're like driving or like <laughs> sure, you yeah. know wh- whatever else but Wait, do you microdose ever um i don't i know i have i've heard from people that you know people like microdose once a week or whatever sure, i, I yeah, haven't yeah. quite gotten to that level of like yeah me psychonautism I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite quite that much of an expert but uh yeah, yeah. Wait, do you I, do you consider yourself like on a psychonaut type path or <sighs> I don't it's hard to I mean I don't want to like I don't want to oversell my own you know because I've done it like a like a handful of times yeah, and yeah. I and I just think it's it's a very I just I, I feel very effect every time I do it I feel very affected by it mm-hmm. and I feel like I have like like a new idea that I want to try to like a, like approach the way I'm like living my life or the way I'm like um, dealing with my art like I, I, I'll give like a stupid example but I just I don't know the like the second time I, I tripped I had this like I was like sitting in my living room and I was looking at a my flat screen TV and I put a picture of a galaxy up because I was like what do I want to look at and what do I want to listen to <laughs> yeah. so I put a still picture of a galaxy so that I could like watch it move and know that like that was all in my head and then I listened to Sufjan Stevens album Age of Odds oh man and I just sat there for like 30 minutes just like like you know having an experience yeah yeah and i and i there's like five minutes where i was just like thinking about like comedy and thinking about improv and i was like i should i should be doing scenes like with more dimensions like like when i do improv i should be paying more attention to like what is the relationship between these two characters before they walked in the room mm. like what is going on outside the room like how long have they been here like what um 
that's that's so cool to me yeah like how are they yeah. existing in physical space so like i like i'm a very like theory-based person when it comes to doing comedy and so yeah yeah so like for me it was very like like i left with like a definitive idea of oh i want to try this in yeah. my comedy and then i i, I think i like i have tried to do that actually so. i want to talk to you about improv a little bit i want to pivot sure. away for a second for away from the, the psychedelics because that's that's something that again i you know i have more of a stand-up background and i and i was doing more i did i had like a good two-year run of doing a lot of improv uh, with my indie team and whatnot um and learning stuff and it was it was great but i and i'm back in the, the stand-up camp now yeah but, I've, I've been trying to do a little a little bit of stand-up myself i kind of i did that when i was like 15 i did stand-up mm-hmm. all through college and so i've done like a handful of it out in la but i've been trying to do a little more of it uh-huh. Yeah, but that's something that you know. It's a very, it's a, such a, it's unfortunately too common or typical attitude. I hear a lot of like, it's mostly open micers. I don't really hear that many like upper level comedians talking about improv. But like, there's a lot of shitting on improv, right? But not a lot of vice versa. Not a lot. I don't hear many improvisers shitting on stand up. Seems like most improv. In fact, I know most improvisers love good stand up. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think there's something about, I don't know. A, I don't think enough stand-up see like good improv or like quality interesting grounded improv they see sort of like you know they go to their friends 101 graduation shows and they're like why would anybody yeah (laughs) exactly i mean it is i mean i think it's like this is like how this is for a lot of you know art i mean if you like went and watched kind of like an off-key warbling singer you'd be like what do people why do they watch this <laughs> what is you know? singing like what is singing but yeah but it, when you watch someone who really nails it it's so cool you know yeah. and, and so like like just makes you cry laughing if it's really really good what is so how do you i mean what do you you're talking about being a theory person i've you know this idea of like having different dimensions of scene or just having like i mean how much of it is like so when you do improv a lot are you like i guess you're building up the rep so that a lot of a lot of things become automatic that you don't have to think about. Yeah. So then you can start using your active brain on more higher level stuff. Is that kind of what's happening? Yeah. Or? You know, I've heard so many different theories on this, like from different like improv gurus and different, you know, people who do it. And I guess I have my own opinion on it. But like I've heard like the, I've heard the actor brain, writer brain scenario yeah, yeah. where it's like you're sort of half in it and half trying to like meta get to where you're going mm-hmm. um, and I guess like my current feeling on it would be that the the best improv you would be so practiced that doing it would be kind of a meditation where you you the, the only thing you were focusing on was improvising and besides that your mind was clear and so it was all sort of the the gut feeling born out from your practice and and being in the moment of the scene yeah that, that would be the best improv but that's like that's like, I think people, you know, like UCB's motto is like, don't think. Mm-hmm. But the thing for me is like, in my head, that's always been like, don't like, 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 like your motto is like hit home runs. Because <laughs> that's very hard. Yeah. You know, like I think like getting into an improv scene and being in a place where you trust everyone on stage and you trust your own instincts and you just do it, that that's a huge gift that takes forever to get to, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's very hard. Yeah. I think that's the same in stand-up, too. I think, uh, don't think is also a, uh, it's a, that's what what we're talking about when we say don't think is getting in the zone, right? Right, exactly. Hitting that, that peak performance where we're, you are just so, it's it's hard, God, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole bitch of it, right? Yeah. It's like, how do you get to where you can consistently just drop in and, forget where you are but not you know be totally present 
dissolve into the moment, really. Right. I mean, can, I, can I ask you, because I know you do some meditation, right? Like, I, I to me, it had like that being in the zone feeling remind like feels like meditating Mm. i don't feel that well for me meditation i for me meditation feels like a work a lot of times for me (laughs) yeah like i think it's uh meditation is like my practice for and i'm not as consistent these days although the the past couple days i have been getting back into it but like i took a you know i go through weeks of not doing it i forget about it i I tell myself i'm too busy which is always a lie and then i become this this is the thing about when i don't meditate i don't know if you relate to this but like I become more busy because I'm less efficient because I'm not meditating. Yeah. Like when I meditate more, I become way more efficient with my time. I'm less easily distracted throughout my day. And so the little, the little time that I'm wasting, you know, but when I'm not meditating, it's like all of a sudden it's easy to distract me for 10 minutes, you know, on Reddit at that time. And right. 10 turns into 20 here or there. You know, it's so fucking easy to do that. Yeah. You sort of are like just giving in to all the like just stuff that's built up that you haven't cleared off your, your mind or right. whatever. Like you haven't cleared off feeling like agitated or feeling like emotional or feeling easily distracted, all that stuff. Right. So for me, it's more like, I mean, I guess with meditation, there is a, there's a level where you, when you're in a regular habit of it, you sort of, it becomes easier. You get the momentum to it for sure. But there's still like, it's almost like a weightlifting thing where I don't know. I get more, I probably even get more meditative in weightlifting than I do in actual meditation. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, weightlifting. So like you've heard like, have you heard of like flow experience? Yeah. 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 So like, I think flow, all, I think flow experience is very meditative too, because it's like when your whole brain like is focused on one thing, like yes. if you're rock climbing, you can't think about anything but rock climbing because all your muscles are like, screaming because you're about to fall yes. you know to the ground yeah yeah so then that's very meditative because like your whole intention is focused on rock climbing right right and then i think like i guess what i was saying before is like when you meditate or like and and you have that okay all my intention is like focused on the breath and so it's it's that sort of zeroed in calm focused feeling i'm not thinking about what i'm doing i'm just thinking about breathing yeah and then i think you know to me when i've hit that like in the zone-ness of improv it's just okay i'm just gonna like let i'm, I'm just paying attention gotcha, to yeah. everything that's happening i'm paying attention to how i like feel in the scene and i'm just gonna like react honestly and trust the experience that i've built up by practicing yes no and i for sure and like that's where um i think meditation the formal kind of sitting meditation that it helps me get in the, those zones yeah, more easily too. and helps me you know, and I, God, I mean, that's what's so great about being in the zone. It feels like you can do no wrong. And even if you do something quote unquote wrong, you can easily correct it. You just, you're so like, you just, you just, everything feels right and good. And that's what we originally, that's what I originally loved about it. I think is that feeling of like forgetting about yourself, Yes, you know, for a while. And, um, and that's something I, I don't know if you ever heard this about flow state, cause that's, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. Um, I think I heard this on like Tim Ferriss's podcast. Maybe mm-hmm. there's like a scientist who was talking about like he had like tried to break down and analyze flow state and like these are the, like the components for it or um, there's some kind of there's immediate feedback, immediate and constant feedback. So that's why things like extreme sports and improv or like stand up to you're getting constant feedback from an audience. So mm-hmm. you're that's one element of it. Uh, there's risk involved, you know, so extreme sports, you're going to have uh, physical risk with any kind of performance or losing have, or right. whatever. And we have like a social risk involved when we do because we might have a bad set. Yeah. So there's a you, you feel uh, elevated with that. And then, oh, fuck, well, I can't remember the last one. Oh, there's like, oh, novelty. There has to, it has to be able to each experience should feel like a new thing. It shouldn't like it's not like you're doing the same. It's harder to get in a flow space with like. Uh, I don't know, 
That's a good. I can't even think like of like playing tic tac toe because right. you're just sort of your brain becomes automatic and right. then it doesn't like require your full attention. Right. I was going to say chess, but there's enough. There's a decent amount of variability in right. chess when you play different people. But even then, I I'm think sure. It's I'm harder. sure. Like when two grandmasters play, it's total flow state. They can't think about anything but the game. Right. Right. But even then, there's like a lot of like sitting and hemming and hauling and thinking about. It. I guess. Well, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm thinking of <laughs> now that I think about it. The, all those like chess movies. It's just people slapping back. <laughs> oh yeah, speed chess. Slapping, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's very flow state. Right. Are you chess just, boxing. Yeah, yeah. Can't get out of that flow state. Are you, were you ever a chess player at all? Uh, a little bit, but not in any way seriously. Okay, yeah. I, I, I was like on my chess team in high school. Oh, that's great. No, but I was like the worst one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just barely enough to like be part of that group. Anyway, flow state, uh, improv, psychedelics. I'm trying to think what was a thread I was trying to get to with flow state. I don't know. Do you have anything else with like that you get into flow state in your life with? Or is improv sort of your main, your main um, thing? I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing tennis recently. Okay, and yeah. uh, I play a few like very competitive online games, mm-hmm. and I feel very like flow steady when I play those because they take you know you have to like click a bunch like they take your whole like your your brain's doing like strategy. You're doing like moving. You know, yeah, so that yeah. takes your whole brain. Sure. Do you feel I I used to be a big gamer, and I'm I unfortunately just like reinstalled like Steam for myself. Mm-hmm. Do you feel guilty about playing video games? Are you? Or is that part of your? You're like I, looking at you. I don't see that. Yeah, I, I see no guilt. Yeah, no. I'm I guess I. I guess I don't have any. That. <laughs> um, well, I used to. I, I went through a huge fit. Um, my best friends in college. Um, I had a couple of friend groups, but one of my friend groups was they were. We really kind of were all nerdy and really really into games Mm -hmm. and we would we were all sort of like vaguely rounded people and so we would go through phases where we felt really guilty about playing a lot of video games and i in college ended up feeling like you know we'd we'd be like okay like let's all like quit for two months like let's all not play um and i that was fine but i think for me it's like it's not about not playing video games it's about doing other things Mm-hmm. You know, so if I've been playing video games for 10 hours a day, then I'm probably not <laughs> like doing enough other stuff. Yeah. Right. Not enough variety balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. if like I'm going to have like a th- like a, a couple hours a week, you know, 10 hours, whatever, 10 hours a week, couple hours a day, whatever you want to do. Mm. And it's of like TV watching or reading or whatever. And you want to make some of that video games. I think that's I don't think there's any reason not to. In fact, for me, like I think that it's way, way, way easier to get into a flow state playing a game that requires your full attention than it is watching like uh, a sort of okay Netflix show. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, with Netflix, it's so easy. I mean, even stuff I like, I was just watching like the first episode of uh, Love, that Netflix mm-hmm. show, and I liked it, but I found, you know, you just find yourself drifting to right. your phone. Love is and, great, but love does not command your full attention. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you can watch it with part of your brain. Sure, totally, totally. Um, so wait, and I, and something I just, um, with like flow state too, I feel like, and you know, you talk about meditation. Um, I mean, I feel like that's what, that's like the goal of, I think a lot of religions too, is to try to, because what, what we're talking about is dissolving the self, right? Right. Losing the ego, ego death, whether you take, you know, six grams of mushrooms, not a great way to do it. Uh, but that's some, some methods. Um, did you grow up religious or anything? Yeah, um, I grew up uh, a conservative Jew. Okay. Um, in, in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it was fantastic. Um, I had a really, I don't know, I really like value my Judaism and like value the teachings I got from it. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I've, 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 
I've recently been even more just appreciative of 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 what it like turned me into like growing up Jewish mm-hmm. and like the kind of things that they really focus on especially because like I think for a while I went through a real long and fierce angry atheist phase sure yeah yeah and um but I've just become really appreciative of, of what yeah of what I got from being Jewish when you say conservative Jew is that like how like politically conservative or <laughs> no i mean i know there's a different like there's conservative there's like orthodox there's reformed what? yeah so so conservative is in between the two okay so reform is like a little more casual orthodox is very serious and conservative is like me i would say medium serious okay the best like way middle of the it. road yeah so we would go to synagogue not like every week but with with some regularity um, yeah, i went yeah. to sunday school usually every week okay um until i was bar mitzvah um and um so that sounds pretty yeah pretty not intense but yeah serious enough it was serious i grew up in a kosher house you know we oh wow we would eat um we would eat non-kosher food outside the house but my house was uh we we only had kosher meat and we wouldn't eat uh milk and meat together so it was pretty yeah was it when uh you turned into angry atheist was it just like all no holds barred were you just eating everything well so so my my parents are very very um reasonable open and academic about their religion mm-hmm. in fact that's how it is like really going back like generationally in my family mm-hmm. like the the sense i got when i was young is judaism is um, a culture it's who we are mm-hmm. it's teaching us values um and it connects us to our past and so the reason we keep kosher is not to like please god uh-huh. it's to it's to sort of honor a tradition that goes back generations that got us to where we are now. Okay. And so I actually like, I like my dad was always very like, my dad was likes to talk about like, I, I don't know if you know Maimonides, you know, but like, he's a, Oh, I've heard of that, but can you remind me? Yeah. He's a Jewish, he's a Jewish, um, he was a rabbi and he was a Jewish philosopher and he's, mm-hmm. his sort of viewpoint was that like, you know, the stories are, are kind of fables, right. To kind of illustrate the points yes. that God is telling. Um, and that was, you know, that was really the kind of, there was never a sense of like, the, the the stories in the Bible are real. There was never a sense of like, you know, you're you're sinning before God. It was more like these are values that have served like our people for a long time. Basically. Right. They represent archetypes of humanity and like human behavior and like types of people that you can. Uh, man, I, w- I really wish people had like I wish that was more common in Christianity. I wish. From, yeah. Even from a young age, because I remember. I remember asking my mom when I was like five or six, uh, I had like a children's Bible, it was like illustrated and it just had the highlights and didn't have everything in there. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, was, the top, right. It was yeah, like God's like biggest, his hits, you know, the you stuff know, that really plays. I mean, it was still 200 pages, but you know, right. it's like a lot of them, you know, you have a couple of pages of illustrations. Really the there. action shots, right? Like, <laughs> or all the water and all the, <laughs> all the cool stuff, plays and stuff. Yeah. 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 Not but, all that, all that part in like Leviticus or whatever, were just list names that got left out. Yeah, but like my instinct, I think is like probably similar to a lot of kids' instinct. Which, and I remember asking my mom, like, "This is all like fake, right?" Mm-hmm. And it was innocent. I wasn't like, I wouldn't have even been mad if she had said yes. And her, she was like, "No, no, it, it happened. It's the right. Bible." I'm like, and I, God damn, I really wish that like that attitude. This, that's a very. It seems like there's a lot. You clearly have a lot less baggage towards that kind <laughs> of thing. I, I do. Know? I do feel like I, I have. I have very, very little baggage wrapped up in my religious upbringing and what was crazy about it was that greenville south carolina i'm not sure if this is still true but for a while it had like the most churches per capita of like any city wow um it was an unbelievably religious city and the religion was 
um, Southern Baptism. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think I'm going to get some of the denominations wrong, but it was like three or four. Like the the prevailing thing was to join like a like a non-denominational like Christian youth mm-hmm. group. Like FCA was huge in all my schools. Yeah, yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. And I guess like what I was thinking about this like before I came here. Like I think one of the the real major differences between like how I felt growing up Jewish culturally and how I felt like being surrounded by all these people who are dealing with a very serious Christianity was that everyone at my synagogue and my parents were telling me like, what do you think about this? Like, what's your opinion? Like, you know, like tell us what you like, I think it's very powerful that at your bar mitzvah, like you give the sermon. Oh yeah. Like Uh, you, I guess I did know that. Yeah. Like, like people talk about that, but like, that's like crazy, you know, like that's awesome. Like they're just like, yeah. Okay. 13 year old. What is your interpretation of the word of God? Yeah. You know, and they just have you go up there and tell them, you do, know? Do you remember what you talked about? Yeah, so my, um, I don't remember fully, but my, 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 the one I had was Genesis. Like, my Torah portion was like, and, and God created light. Mm-hmm. And I think I talked about, I was really, really in the middle of atheism, so I probably talked about like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, in high school you were. Oh, oh, so 13. I became, 13, yeah, so yeah, I became, yeah. well, I was like, I was, I was like deist by seventh grade, which is like, because I was a real pretentious <laughs> kid. Yeah, I was like... You're on the accelerated path, man. Right, exactly. It was good enough for the Founding Fathers. It was good enough for me in seventh grade. And yeah. uh, I was agnostic by like eighth grade, and I was an atheist as soon as I hit high school. Wow. Yeah, and, and I would fight with people about it all the time. So you're giving your bar mitzvah as an as like a deist or Yeah, agnostic? like a deist agnostic. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, like that wasn't weird. Like like no one in my synagogue was like... I mean, I think like, like maybe at least half, if not more, of people like... <laughs> in, I think that's how all Jews... Like most Jews are. You know, like I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak yeah. for too much of the religion. But I mean, like, yeah, like very... It doesn't, it's not about believing in God. You know, it's about... It's about uh, treating people a certain way and 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 teaching values. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Every man's got to have a code. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So wait, but you see, it was on light, but you don't remember much more beyond. I'm just. So oh curious. yeah, no, I don't remember. I don't remember too much about it. I just, I probably talked about like you know, because it was about how God created the world. Yeah. And yeah. so I probably talked about how, like he didn't mean that he actually created the world in seven days and i probably made it about evolution and it is it's is really bizarre for me thinking about back my own because i was more uh i guess part i had high participation and visibility and like a leadership role in my youth group by the time i turned to a senior uh and uh, it's like and i you know i would like work at these summer camps where i had to as a high schooler i would like you know, help middle schoolers learn about God and be like a spiritual leader. It's so bizarre right. looking back on this whole like this seventeen-year-old who is like so sure about his own world, like view of the world and yeah. what God is and all this stuff. I remember like, oh man, this is actually my highlight. This is the this is probably the best I ever did. Was uh, I was actually in the Seagaros a lot back then. I don't know if the band. Oh the yeah, Ross uh, or whatever. Papa or whatever it is. Pop, yeah, Papa yeah, Paula. I can't pronounce any of their. Yeah, albums. I can't either. But that that's a great song. <laughs> but the uh, the album that's just like the parentheses and all the titles are yeah, and they made up their own language for it. Hope Landic or whatever that. Right. I haven't listened to this, but I know of the band. Okay, so there is like I remember for one. Uh, one retreat we were on it was at the beach and i had to like somebody you know dropped out or something and i had to like come up with some kind of like sermon or guided meditation so i did like i i like wrote out this whole like script set to like a seeger song that was oh that sounds awesome built. it was kind of cool but it was also like you so must have been the cool youth group to be in if you were setting your meditation to seeger i mean like that sounds pretty cool it was also so intensely dorky though because <laughs> 
because <laughs> half the kids didn't like they weren't that into it like to, right. to god or like the the church part that much or there That's was like hard. so they were kind of like and it was one of those things are like man this kid really loves god <laughs> <laughs> you were embarrassed for loving god too much it, a little bit yeah and now it's so weird being like man it's so like I, I think that was again i think i did a good job with that particular yeah. thing but it was so weird being like as a, you're just we go through different we're just so many different people throughout the course of our lives yeah it's really it's really crazy to like look back on like where you were where you are now i guess that's like what i mean that was like part of why i was such a like an angry atheist is because everyone around me was so sure yeah you know like it was everyone in my class all my class like i like i was like one of two or three jews everyone knew everyone was christian everyone was very sure yeah. that jesus you know came to earth and if you didn't pray to him you were gonna go to hell you know, which is yep. like pretty insulting, you know, <laughs> you know, like if you're a Jewish. So I was very like, I, I would, I would very vocally be like, I don't think, but I, I remember I was in 10th grade and my sophomore chemistry professor was a, who's a great guy who I was close to before this and after this, but he was super religious and he would be religious in the classroom. And I remember he said this, this comment and he was like, the only person that has all the answers to my exam is Jesus. And so at the t- I think now I would probably be like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. But at the time, I was just very, like, like I couldn't, like, I was so excited to, like, you know, I was one of those kids who wanted to take God out of the Pledge, Pledge of Allegiance and all that stuff. Like, I couldn't have been more keyed up. Yeah. And so I raised my hand, and I was like, I think that we're here for no reason. When we die, nothing happens. Oh, shit. Because it was like, because in my head, it was like, like, you can't do anything about this because you're not supposed to be talking about religion in class. Yeah. So I'm allowed to talk about religion in class, too. Yeah. What did he say? He, we just argued about it for, like, four or five minutes. Oh, my God. And then he would, like, well, sometimes we'd be, like, taking test like throughout the year and he'd like he'd like stop and ask me stuff we would like yeah. throw in a, a jesus reference yeah jesus I mean, he would, we would like argue about it like throughout the class but that, that's the level of it where it was like I, there were people who i would like fight with all like the, like the sort of star of the fca and all that stuff like that the sort of golden boy christian kid and i would argue a lot so oh that's that's amazing yeah i was really really bad wait so you're not so you're not an angry atheist anymore or are you yeah. still an atheist, not angry? Oh, man. I would, say, uh, I would say I was still an atheist, not angry up until like pretty recently. And now I think I'm like atheist, but like maybe with like an asterisk where I'm like a little more. Yeah. Um, this is really, it's almost embarrassing, but do you know the show Chef's Table? Heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that season three, episode one of ne- Chef's Netflix, Table. Netflix, right? Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't recommend it higher to everyone. It's maybe my sacred text. Put down your phone. Don't. Put down your phone. Go watch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Watch it with your full, <laughs> full mind. Um, but season three, episode one of Chef's Table is about this Buddhist monk who's a chef. Okay. And it was a profoundly affecting thing for me to watch because my perception of Buddhism like was very wrong before I watched that and in my head like when I was a kid I was like oh it's like a way to like make yourself like quiet and calm and like not do anything but that episode shows the way you can use it as a like a resource and like a weapon and a way to become more skilled and more competent you know and so she she talks about how she cooks to achieve enlightenment in this and she says this thing about how dedicating yourself fully to anything is a kind of enlightenment. I love that. Isn't that incredible? And I so I was that, like, yeah. this is like that was huge for me. And I, after I watched that, I started meditating. Like there was, it was also kind of bubbling up from people around me. I've been talking about it, and I was like, this is something I should look into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very uh, affecting for me. And like since doing that you know i started listening to like alan watts like i'm very i'm very like yeah. nubile like i'm really like a baby giraffe getting uh, sure you know yeah what I'm saying? yeah yeah but i guess recently like i'm a little more like the idea that 
all of universe and the universe and everything that's like ever existed is a kind of God. And so that like the way you live should be out of respect to that. Um, and in harmony with in, it. And in harmony with it. Yeah. yeah. That's been more interesting to me lately. Whereas before I was like, the universe doesn't care about me. I don't care about it. But now it's like, I am kind of the universe, you know, like I'm, I'm a part of what yeah. this thing is. And something, Alan, I think it was Alan Watts, maybe it was Ram Dass, but it might've been Alan Watts was talking about was how a lot of times you, so like and Alan Watts being somebody who's pretty like, uh, you know, seeing he's influential on, on me for sure of like, yeah, you know, too. having laying out how all religions have a lot more in common than we think, or like the ways, the threads that were different, they may be different in their practice and the way they, um, their, their specific path towards, uh, whatever enlightenment or this sort of view of humanity, but they're, they're all ultimately the same thing and they, they're all trying to get to a same similar mountaintop, but sometimes it requires you dedicating yourself to a specific path or an art form in order to like, you know, it, it's the same thing with like stand up or improv or whatever. You, there's so many different ways to achieve comedy, to achieve yeah. a laugh that we're all going for. There's right. a sketch or an improv. I mean, we're all going for that, that same feeling, but sometimes it takes mastering a particular narrow focus to realize like, Oh, there's a lot of different other ways. Um, get to it i feel like this is still my like bubbling angry atheist inside me. but whenever <laughs> i hear that like all religions are a path to god thing i i'm always like a little like You're like ah, by it. What, i don't know what irks you what irks i you? guess i guess i kind of feel like religion the way religion affects people's lives is a very specific cultural experience mm-hmm. like like religion is like like a person's religion is usually like th- like first they're religion then their denomination then their church then their parents yeah yeah and also the the key takeaways at each level right mm-hmm. so there were people i felt like in my high school where like their religion was dress conservatively don't have sex don't do drugs and and <laughs> don't swear and like that was that's that's the religion mm-hmm. you know i think fundamentally the idea that that religion is the same kind of path to enlightenment doesn't vibe with me you know and when i read like when i read like forms like on reddit like you know there's like oh like ex-mormon or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like i don't i'm not sure that like i think if you're if you're in a religion not to like should talk any specific religion but if you're in a religion that's causing you a lot of pain and harm i think that is the cultural expression of that religion right so i guess like i think that's taking you to one specific place that i think you would get because like I think, you know, part of the meditation thing is that, like, we all just kind of live in a, a reality and we, like, use all these symbols to talk about it. Like, this is Christianity, but really it's, like, just a series of people and a series of ideas. And, like, the ones that you take away from your parents and your church and your denomination, that's kind of your religion. Yeah. And I think that those little micro-religions are what really everybody is. I mean, that's <laughs> sure. kind of, to me, like, I'm a huge fan of this podcast, spoiler, and then that's kind of, like, the the from listening to it like that's the sense i get is like everyone's religion is a micro expression of what they themselves have chosen to take away from their religious experience yeah and that i guess what i'm getting at is more of the potential for each religion <clears throat> excuse me is uh is i think and that there's a specific you know the, the idea of mysticism is um is within each 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 tradition has its ability to have a very kind of literal surface level sort of um you know whether it's like having you know jesus died for us so he so we could like so i might when my body could then be saved forever like there's a very mm-hmm. specific interpretation of that um but then there's a the mystical tr- kind of christian interpretation of that is that like 
when Jesus says we're the son of God, that means we are from the same source energy. We are all from the same source energy. We are all the shared consciousness. Right. That right. type of thing. And that's the type of thing I see across. I, I see all religions having that mystic potential and yet probably more, much more people practice most religions in a very right kind of but like, even like like do we draw the way. line like does scientology is scientology a path to god like is flying spaghetti monsterism a path this is, <laughs> right. this is me in seventh grade by the way this is what i was like right this is like it's not fun <laughs> to talk to me about this but like but no, that's what i'm saying it's, it's like great when, to have uh, that that pushback yeah. yeah like when i think like you you kind of draw you know you have to decide what where to draw the line and i think like if you whether you include scientology or not like if you say Scientology is a path to God, that's probably has practical consequences. Right, right. And so if you don't include Scientology, are you going to include, you know, like where the, like the, 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 the snake religion? Like, you know <laughs> yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I mean, so I think, I, I don't know, I guess to me, it's always with a little bit of a cop out to be like, all religions are a path to God because some religions aren't really religions and some religions are evil and some, you know what I'm saying? Like, totally. And I, you know, when I say all religions, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the, of Scientology or more cultish things. That yeah. And I, I guess exploitative. like if you, if you drew, if you, I mean, this is really my kind of like, you know, inner, like not, this isn't great, but like, I just feel like if you, if you sat down and said, what is the effect of a list of like 50 religions, some of them will be over the line. These are helping people. And some of them will be under the line. These aren't helping people. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, you know, you, you really can't, you really can't, you don't want to attack anyone, but like, that's, I think that's kind of the reality of the thing. Yeah. And it, it is very difficult to, and it's hard not to feel arbitrary when you're picking like yeah. winners and losers. In that, yeah. Yeah. That scenario. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why I tend to be more of a, you know, I, I'm the ultimate cop out of just wanting to do a la carte everything. Right, right. Know. But that's great. I think that's fun. <laughs> you know, like that's what you should do. But then uh, this is something that um, I haven't, I think I've talked about this on way earlier episodes. I don't know what, you, what you've listened to, but so I might be repeating myself a little bit. I, I guess I, part of my like, sometimes I wonder whether it doing it a la carte, there's, there's a couple of problems I've. I'm running into with that is that sometimes they can be well it's I have to first trust my own judgment of like what's actually yeah. good for me um and also it's hard to come up with an a la carte community that's like all on the same page as you and wants to like do like who, who sees things totally eye to eye so yeah at some point it's like whether it's um you know whether I at some point, it feels like I have to choose and to have to sacrifice some things that I want in order just to, if I wanted, because I, man, I do, there's a part of me that really still wants like a community to be a part of. You know, I've heard this on your podcast and, and from so many different people and like, I think someone's going to do it. I think someone, I mean, I think if, if, if a lot of people want something, eventually it'll manifest. I think there's going to yeah. be like a charismatic cult leader type and he's going to be like, hey guys, welcome to the religion where we kind of parse out all these different psychological scientific and yeah. theological kind of methods for living a good life and uh meet up once a week and talk about it i honestly i i feel like unitarians are pretty close if they but there's like something they're just like not cool enough or <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gotta you have know? a little more edge maybe because like every time i've like think about unitarians I'm like well that's exact i mean that's pretty much what i'm into like I, I but believe. isn't unit see for me isn't like unitarianism like really inclusive and to me like the the this would be really exclusive like we're only going to talk about ideas that are really helpful and beneficial to us as a people in a community and we're going to like come together and like sort of like develop a uh a resource to talk about those things i mm. guess well i think that's 
I mean, I don't know. As somebody who's not a Unitarian, I don't know anything either. I don't want to. I mean, yeah. the, I know, I know this that Unitarians include. Uh, you don't have to believe anything to be a part to be a Unitarian. You can be an atheist. I'm sure. In fact, it probably has a lot of atheists and agnostics in Unitarians. I imagine for that reason, mm-hmm. probably less. I think you can be a Christian or a Muslim. You can be anything and be a Unitarian. And I think theoretically, they want to be helpful and do. Uh, you know only pick and choose things and like talk about psychological stuff i don't know so but it, again it's whenever i've gone it felt too close to like a protestant worship yeah, service right. so i was like ah, i can't it's not like cool enough and original enough yeah and i what and i what i see i think there is a lot of like smaller communities out there i don't know if we'll ever have like a big denomination that's like that like this thing where we're like oh we can like this big humanitarian thing i see mm-hmm. a lot of like splintered small groups and like groups yeah. of 12 or i whatever. think somebody needs to take a like take a stand you know mm-hmm. i think all these hypothetical ones are like are like yeah like we'll get together and we'll like talk about stuff and i think someone like a, a cult figure type <laughs> needs to be or like a group needs to be like if you want to live a happy and successful life where you love other people and live to your fullest you need to follow fundamentally these like five rules or one rule or three rules and then just build out from there yeah and they got to be like because i think i think that if it's just wishy-washy if it's just anything it's always gonna be like you said this like small scattered yeah, you know yeah. What i'm saying but i think if somebody really has a viewpoint then they could they could i think because i do think people want it i agree with you people definitely want it i mean that's why i mean i i you know, maybe that leader was like Jerry Garcia back in the day. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I just yeah. watched a, there's a new Grateful Dead documentary. It's on Amazon that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I mean, I'm a huge deadhead and I, I a lot of it, you know, you you see that a lot of it. If you're, if you're a huge deadhead, it's like a lot of the same. But there's some new stuff in there, too. But uh, yeah, it's just it's weird that it was such a cultural phenomenon. It still is. It's still to this day. There's, I mean, now dead and company, which is like the four remaining dead members plus John Mayer and like a mm-hmm. couple other guys. Uh, they're still around. They're still like, you know, they're still selling out. They just like sold out like Wrigley field. Wow. Like a week ago. That's amazing. Uh, and so there, there is definitely a yearning for this kind of, and for that, you know, the connection is music and drugs a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Let's start with music. And I mean, drugs. honestly, if Kanye West was like, my followers should meet once a week at this spot, I would go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never even been a huge Kanye fan, but I could see that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not like an anti Kanye fan. Right. But, right. I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe, well, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, that it's hard to i'm trying to picture this and it not feeling like a cold though like a, yeah i mean i think you know? it is a, i think it is i think it would have to be like i think here's here's my thing is like i i'm really i really trust i really trust institutions fundamentally mm-hmm. like because like even though like money and power is easily corruptible like i like i'm a, i'm a democrat so i believe fundamentally that we have the power to police and monitor and improve institutions around us mm-hmm. so i think that the difference between like a cult and a religion is one's good and one's bad mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah so you're i mean yeah the cult is just the other word we've given yeah the word of the one for the ones we don't like that's yeah. a cult Technology <laughs> is a cult because we don't like it you yeah know what I'm saying? if we did like it it was a religion yeah yeah so like yeah i think i think you would need a cult leader who did such a good job everyone was like you know what that's a religion yeah so you're when, when people say you love organized religion it's just the religion part. you love the organized part of organized religion. i don't know if i love organized religion but i love no. organizations I love, give me the organization yeah i think if there was an organization yeah. that represented my own uh religious and spiritual views i'd hop on um great well i mean this is a perfect uh pivot point to make up your own religion yeah definitely to it. hell yeah um, so 
Uh, and then, man, this thing is really showing its its age now. This thing is all all over the place. Uh, no, it look, looks very sacred now. It's very like worn. You know, it's like you pulled it from the Red Sea or something. Yeah, it was these sacred like coffee stains and whatever the fuck else is on it. Um, these so, were stains of Joe's coffee. Right. Exactly. Um, so in your and Max's, and this doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be Max's made up. Or it doesn't have to. You don't have to be the leader. I I, I wouldn't want to be the leader. Okay. Uh, perfect. Good start already. Mm-hmm. Um. So you wouldn't be the cult leader, but in this religion, what would, what would your idea of God, what would you want that to be conceived like, whether it's monotheistic, polytheistic, um, none, it it sort of like wouldn't matter. Like, I think the, the religion, like what I, what really attracts me about, um, Buddhism is it's primarily a, and I'm not like a Buddhist and I'm only a beginner, so I'm not, I don't want to talk about it in a way that like I understand it, but I, but just this element of it that I like is that it's, it's in a lot of ways, like a prescription to live your life. And that's how Judaism is too. You know, like the, the sort of the foundations of Kashrut comes from like back in the day, if you ate pork, you could get botulism. So they don't, right. they say not to eat pork. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So now maybe it'd be like, yeah, like we should eat less sugar. You know? So like, <laughs> yeah. so I think that like this religion would be a, a, a group of, it would be a huge institution and you would pay dues and the way the way the dues would work would be the way they worked at my synagogue which is like if there was like a new young family and they couldn't afford it it'd be like that's fine you know we love you we love to have you here like if you can afford to pay dues then you're supporting everyone who can't afford to pay dues right Mm -hmm. so if you can't afford to pay we appreciate if you pay but if you can't afford to pay that's fine you know you're you're young or you're not going through a tough time or you're not financially successful that's fine Mm -hmm. um if you could afford to pay dues, you'd pay dues. And there would be, we would have, we would have buildings. We would have a head. We would have like a Pope. Um, we would have like, uh, Man, you really thought this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would. Yeah. But I, so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that it would be a, a way to, it would be like, I, I got kind of carried away, but with the God question, <laughs> Great. the fundamental yeah. thing would be, we're here to talk about what is true and how should we live? You know, across like, like every spectrum of like, what's going to make us happy? What's going to help us um, interact with each other better? Like, how do we, how do we become better leaders? Yeah. Like, how do we, how do we like be, um, you know, the best member of a class that we can be or whatever else? Like, I think we would just have different, like we would sort of codify a list of ways to live and advice and, and, and talk about them Yeah. yeah. give sermons on them. And, and we would, and we would, we would, um, cultivate just like Judaism an atmosphere of tell us what you think from a young age and constantly be updating it and changing it like like the DSM like you know the, the psychology books yeah 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 we just change it you know it would be like Bible 5 I love that and what something that reminds me of something that I heard um, he's actually a, kind of a he's a politically conservative like mega church pastor so I was not inclined to like be into what he was saying yeah. but I heard him on some radio interview he was actually he actually he's like somewhere in Atlanta uh, but he preaches bipartisanship within his own like community his own church and something in the interview he's like we don't have to agree on what helps people but we do have to agree on like helping people yeah absolutely you know? yeah and I, I think that sounds fantastic and i think like just called like just the cult like cultivating that debate too like yes. why do you think what you think and let's not get angry at each other for disagreeing but we're gonna talk it through yeah so we covered kind of that's the overarching ethos kind of we uh, check that off uh-huh. uh the stained list uh what 
what are what would you say would be uh, a sin or maybe not sin if that has a lot of baggage, but what's a rule like what's something that we what are things we try to avoid try to like I mean, the the classic is don't be a dick. But mm, yeah. Are there any other things? I mean, what are we what do we say about drugs? What do we say about like any kind of like how we treat people behavior codes? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I I guess my first instinct is is to say that like you know we would fundamentally believe that that there are things that are like wrong for you to do but if you do them like you know no one's gonna if they're legal no one's gonna you know that's fine like it's up to you you know like no one's gonna police you yeah. right you're, you're not gonna suffer any consequences we just sort of believe that when you put good stuff into the world you you get good stuff back so you might as well live in a positive way yeah right but as far as like getting in trouble like you wouldn't be excommunicated <laughs> uh, yeah. Just because you were really hard to reach, you know, via phone and text and email, like <laughs> you, you would return a text. <laughs> yeah, you get to stay in the religion, but we'd be like, hey, like maybe make yourself available, like you know. I mean, I've definitely excommunicated people from my life who don't return. Right, texts. exactly. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's that could be handled on a person to person basis. <laughs> um, but I do think we'd have like not rules, but just like yeah, like we, we hey, we think that it's like a resource. It's like we think you should do this and you shouldn't do this if you want to live a happy and successful life. Right. I th- something that like I've. You know, it's hard. It's easy for any kind of like rules or like sins to start to seem to like encourage a certain conformity or a homogeneity among religions that I like, think mm. we inherently resist, and that's one of the things that we classically rebel against as we especially turn into teens and as adults we stay rebelling. It's like fuck that. I don't want. Yeah, because you want to sin. You know, like. But then I I think there is something to, if the goal, if the true goal is to ego mitigation right or if like the one of the goals of a mystical practice especially that i and i'm more of a fan of is like trying to remember that it's not all about me basically yeah absolutely so what are i i guess that for me it would be like what would what rules can we put in place that remind me that help me remember it's not about me yeah helped you to see like everyone around you is like a full and complete human being right and, like help you to see that like the the damage that things you do causes to people yeah i mean that's the cool thing about i mean that since we're talking about since we're pro organization here and pro yeah. government i mean that's what that's the cool thing about laws really yeah like, absolutely a lot of laws boil down to it's like don't do don't do selfish shit you're mm-hmm. being you're being we have these delineated lines where it's like no you are being dishonestly you're being selfish in a way that is hurting other people it's yes. no longer helping you yeah anyway, i fully believe that like yeah that that's progress that's know? that's my my hill i wanted to stand on and i don't, I don't want to die on that hill i just want to stand on right that i'll hill. walk out there with you okay uh, is there any uh, holy text in this religion any? chef's table season chef's three table episode, episode one okay. um no i don't know I, I think like we would have a <laughs> just the episode just one. The episode you can watch our season if you have time but it's not really holy it's like, um it's the Apocrypha, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I was like revelations or I don't know enough about, but right. it's the extra ones, right? That's the Apocrypha, the like gospel of Thomas. Where yeah. It was like, yeah, it's not canon. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that guy who makes the dishes from every part of Peru is fascinating, but you know, you don't have to, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, uh, I, I think we would have a, a, I think we would have like different, I think in my head, it's like we would have different levels of holy text where it'd be like, First of all, let's bo- if we had to boil our religion down to one line, what would it be? And I expect it to be something like the golden rule, right? That's because mm-hmm. that's worked for everybody else. Yeah, sure. And then if we had to boil our religion down to like three precepts or seven pillars or ten commandments or whatever else, mm-hmm. there would be a council of learned people deciding all this. I would just get a producer credit, you know. But um, <laughs> and then and then after that, we'd have like a maybe a pamphlet, you know, that was like, hey, like if you, the the we the 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 number one most important things you have to do are maybe like this thing, and then we'd have a whole book. 
Of like that was deep like diving. A deep dive, like a DSM, the DSM-6. <laughs> it was like the way to live successfully. See, now this starts start sounding like Scientology a little bit to yeah, me. Yeah, it, it, the, it the would be like... The levels and the... Yeah, it would be like Scientology, except that except that it wouldn't be uh, monetarily exploitative. <laughs> you don't have to have, like, give 20 grand. You don't have to, to give 20 grand. Them. You just have to, you know, pay reasonable dues for, like, building upkeep and stuff. Sure, yeah, Just yeah. to, like, your, like, synagogue equivalent, just to keep the lights on. Uh, so and you said you wanted these to be so, like a once a week type meetings, right? That's yeah, and not everybody yeah. would have to go. There's this. Have you heard of like a minion? There's this Jewish thing that's like a minion. Not the movie. Um, no. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this Jewish thing where we show the movie Minions every week. Um, no, a minion is um, it's ten people. And so if you don't have 10 people, there's parts of the service you can't do. Interesting. I, I think that. it's really cool because it's like it's like people be like hey can you come in so we can have like have a minion like there's a slight pressure to like show up huh, you know i've heard that yes yeah, so you don't have to show up every week but like hey if we have at least 10 people we're gonna do a little more stuff so okay. if you came for that then hopefully we have at least 10 people so the goal is to have a minion each week more yeah than uh but you don't have i mean it's not the end of the world i don't know if it's the whole not. goal but it's like a it's a part of the religion you know it's a part of the religion i think it would be yeah i think we would meet once a week and i think you know if we if you didn't come that week it would, it's fine you have to come mm-hmm. but like i think it'd be cool if you came is there these meetings are there is there music is there meditating is there a prayer i think that'd be really up to this whole long council of people but probably in my <laughs> head like in my head yeah like like it'd be good to have everyone do do like do a little yoga meditate like what what if, if i had like an hour to like ensure everyone's success it would probably be like like meditate and then have something that was like like kind of therapy, you know, yeah. like maybe this, if you're having a hard time, we have someone you can talk to. Yeah, it's like a spiritual guide, and you can ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like a one, be like be like something physical, like some yoga, a, a sermon, and then like a one-on-one Q and A with a spiritual advisor. Yeah, obviously, I would just play the full Seagrass album. Just all <laughs> the way start to finish. Hey, you have not changed your approach since you were 17. <laughs> you no. figured out what works then, and it still works. Why would you change it? Yeah. Just no, yeah, good religions never changed what they This do. time you'd have a way more enthusiastic crowd and they'd be like, wow, Sigros' first album. Wow, this is great. This, this is very cool. deep. This yeah. is very deep. Um, is there, uh, do we have any time or moment for apologies or repentance or is that something you are a fan of in general? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I was thinking about this because, like, I think that, like, I, I think that sometimes people, like, I think that confidence is really good i think you should be like as confident as possible but then like you shouldn't let your confidence spill over into being like unapologetic for when you do wrong things or or unwilling to hear feedback right i'm huge into feedback you know like i think feedback is so important um give me notes yeah i love notes Um, so that's what I love about improv practices. A lot of people don't know is that you get notes. Yeah, you get improv. you get so many notes. You get constant notes. You don't get any fucking notes in, in, in stand up. In fact, I'll, actually, there are some stand up mics where they're they're called feedback mics. Ooh. I actually hate those. Yeah, mics. that sounds terrifying because like it's, you could do your five minutes and then like other stand ups like give you suggestions and I'm like fuck that. Probably yeah. would have helped, but like fuck that. I will say that one thing about improv note culture is like I think at a certain point these teams need to have a little more autonomy. Like I think note culture is turning into like, you always kind of do what the coach says. But I think once you're kind of like a veteran, yeah, like you kind of get to, like, <laughs> like, like you tell them what you want to do, you know, and like let them develop an exercise and give you notes. But like you tell them the direction you want your team to go in. Sure. Anyway. But I, I just meant from the standpoint of like somebody's giving you feedback. Oh like yeah, it's great. Feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's so important. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Okay, cool. Um, Is there is there a, a youth group or a Sunday school part of this thing or are we sequestering them off at all or? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's developed by top child psychologists. So what's going to, it's mostly fun, I think, early on. Because mm-hmm. um, I think in my, in my opinion, 
it's so important for you to have friends when you're young. So I think mostly we, our goal would be we're going to help you have friends. Okay. And yeah. so we're just going to develop a space where it's fun and you can hang and you can build bonds with these kids your own age. And then after a while, it'd be some percentage like, hey, these are what we think are like super important precepts. And like, let's talk about them and like, tell us what you think. Cause like, you're going to have to update the Bible in 10 years. So <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you think. It's like a miniature version of the graduated like pamphlet to DSM scale. Yes, exactly. Right. There's a kid's one. Yeah. There's yeah. a kid. kid and it's levels. developed by top, top people. <laughs> is there uh I've never asked this before in the podcast. Is there going to be like a rite of passage? Like, is like a, you have like the bar mitzvah oh, version. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, th- th- one of my favorite tweets is like, have you seen that thing? That's like, it's something like, like, I forget how it starts. But it's like men, men don't need something like, or like don't need to be chest. They need to like, they need to go into the woods and do peyote and return to the village humbled. Something like that. I've yeah. Seen, I've heard of that idea. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I think that that's, I mean, I don't think you want a 13 year old to like take acid, but I guess like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I would want there to be, I, if I was going to orchestrate a rite of passage, it would be some kind of like, you need to like understand how much everyone before you has like struggled to get you to this point you need to understand how much suffering there is in the world and how lucky you are compared to how a lot of the people and and how you're unlucky in some ways compared to other people yeah and you need to be able to like hear honest feedback you probably get some honest feedback that'd be good for a 13 year old you get a lot of encouragement (laughs) and a lot and a lot and a little bit of honest feedback well it's you're 13 and now it's time to tell you what we really think about you (laughs) this might be terrible this is why i'm only a producer (laughs) get a child psychologist is it okay to tell them what we really think of them at age 13 maybe that's a bad idea listen uh we love the penis jokes love big fan of those (laughs) yeah welcome to the feedback mike um you could do something different with your hair yeah frankly we'd like to see a little more physicality and honestly if you're going to do voices then nail them don't do a half half uh, half baked english I do think it's cool that like with the uh, these like rites of passage that you know traditionally you're thinking of like especially with the peyote or like any kind of like you know you hear like Native American tribes doing this or like lots of other more indigenous like the the 13 year old send them out into the woods yeah let them survive for a day or whatever make them find their way back I think there's something cool about like the, the common thread of all that is like teaching teaching kids that like there's a cold stark reality out yeah. there that is not your survival is not going to be just handed to you. You have to be an active, smart, uh, ground, you know, you have to fucking live. You have to figure stuff out for yourself in this yes. world. And I mean, like, that's like, a dude, it's like, you're a man and you're a woman now. Yeah. You know, like you're, you have responsibility for what you do. You know, you're going to have to live out there, but yeah. I think it's also good to pair it with. And what do you think, you know, and you're smart. We want it. You're a man, and you're a woman. So you're smart. We want to hear from you. You yeah. know, it's not just like, it's not just, you have all this responsibility. It's like, now you're worthy of us, you know, hearing your ideas. Totally, yeah. Um, is there any service or mission work or volunteering with this religion? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I would imagine <laughs> that. I would imagine that whoever we got, you know, some top ASPCA board members would tell us what <laughs> they need in the world. Um, no, but I think there would be. I think that would be a good a good way to sort of experience what people go through. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think we would we would hugely encourage. Okay. Um, everyone have to read this paper I wrote in college called the the problem with philanthropy. <laughs> Did <laughs> about, you write that? Yeah, about about just 
<laughs> about like how if you give to political organizations, it can have all this unintended fallout, like uh-huh. Bill Gates talking in front of Congress and advocating for charter schools because he funded Waiting for Superman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so that would clearly be in the Bible. That would be very important. I'd push for it, you know. Uh, but uh, but anti-corruption uh, literature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I guess like I think we would we would really stress the importance of helping others and and service and all cool. that stuff. Cool. Uh, is there any outreach or evangelism marketing? Um, we'd have a website. <laughs> it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like, convert. We, it wouldn't be a big thing, but like we would, we would have a, you need a landing you, page. Yeah. If you wanted to learn about it, you yeah. people would know what it was. Yeah. I, I would hope that it would be immensely beneficial to mm-hmm. people. And so they'd be like, man, I just love, I love, I love doing it. So, Hey, if you want to know more about it, go to our website. Um, what, what happens when people in this religion die? What, 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 is there a funeral? Is there a, is there a cool, f- different kind of funeral? Yeah, or? you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, it's cool to me that, I wasn't really expecting this, but it's cool to me how much, like, when you ask me these questions, like, my mind goes to, like, what I, like, the Jewish traditions I grew up with, and I keep checking <laughs> them, and I'm like, yeah, I like that a lot, like, at least little pieces of it. <laughs> You're just describing Judaism. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm, I'm stealing a lot. Let's put it that way. I'm stealing a lot from Judaism. Um, but there's, there's a thing, you know, you, like, you like sit shit in Judaism, but like part of that is like everyone comes over to your house and like is with you, you know? So it's, it's, and, and the other thing is that, um, there was a death in the family recently that I, I wasn't super close to, but like someone I was close to was close to them. And I think it was very valuable for them to have the structure of a ritual during yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we know what like, to do. Yeah. We know what to do. Yeah. We got it. Like, you know, day one, you do this when you're like traumatized, you don't want to be th- figuring things figuring out, out what to do yeah improvising so, <laughs> improvise, yeah going to part practice getting notes like look my my dad died can you ease off my penis jokes are fine um um but yeah i think i think i think people would be with you when you lost a loved one and i think that there would be prescribed things for you to do it in the morning process cool and finally uh what do we call this oh man that's tough uh Maybe like, uh, I'm torn between two. I'll give you both. Okay. I think like, like the resource. Okay. Or like soul government. Soul government. Soul government. Is that like a, is that a double entendre with like individual soul? Like yeah. 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 S-O-U-L. Government. And then also isolated like S-O-L-E. Like soul yeah. Government. Yeah. Because we're going to take over the world. Right. <laughs> right eventually <laughs> becomes an autocracy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of those two. Okay. Uh, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to inject my own opinion. I mean, no, I mean, hey, they both sound it's your great podcast. To me. <laughs> uh, you know what? We'll we'll pick one at some point. Great. Uh, I guess we did it. That's it. Oh man, this was so fun. This was awesome, man. Dude, um, I'm so happy. It was so cool for you to have me. Do you have uh, something you want to plug where people follow you on Twitter or anything like that? Or um, I'm Lasser Max on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I only have to want to plug one thing, but um, you and I are fellow What's It creators, I think, right? Yes. And so I have a podcast coming out uh, on this network probably in August um, called The Calories, and it's all about uh, calorie counting and oh, weight loss. Yeah sick mm-hmm. well I, i'm definitely gonna be checking that out because awesome. I, I need to re- revitalize my own uh, nutritional uh game so to speak <laughs> um anyway thanks so much man this, Dude, this was so fun i was so happy to come on it's great and that's the show thanks so much again to max lasser and thank you so much to all of you guys choose your own religion.com send me an email at jojoquint.net if you want to talk about anything i love you guys so much jamaste
What's a creative podcast network?